This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Production. Welcome, welcome to episode 22 of Riding the Pine. I am Hondo, here with MTG, uh, Gee, uh, and Stack God. Uh, we got... <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, no, wait. <laughs> we're running we're off and, we're, no, we're, no yeah this is fun this is great we're off and running so episode 22 this is the andrew wiggins michael red clyde drexler todd gibson episode don't ever mispronounce clyde drexler's name in my presence again yeah. That was inappropriate. Clyde the Gro- Clyde. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, it's okay. contagious. Uh, Clyde the Glide Drexler, sir. Say it with respect. Put some respect on it. So, you know what? We're just going to we're going to go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So, we are going to go right into gameplay. So, so so we are going to go We got to start. We got to get started. We had some awesome games this week. Our RTP game of the week last week was San Antonio versus Cleveland. This was last Saturday. This this was ended up being a pretty good game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually did catch this game when it was on Saturday and actually watched it on ESPN Deportes. And uh, it's actually way more enjoyable to watch with uh, people speaking Spanish than with Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and those fools. Like, like I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, what's his name? Who used to play for the Spurs? Uh, Oberto? Anyways, he's a commentator now for ESPN Deportes, and uh, like the amount of enthusiasm and the amount of rolled R's and just you know the entire thing was incredible. So I really enjoyed uh, watching that game. Turns out, nice, nice. There was a pretty huge stat line in that game from Kawhi. He goes what fifteen for thirty, goes off for forty one in that game. Um, the the Spurs end up winning this game. What one eighteen, one fifteen? Is this is this a game that? potentially could come up come up in the playoffs or are we are we kind of ruling this game out in favor of that golden state cleveland game series i mean it seems it seems like tough for anybody to get past golden state but i mean anything could happen right steph gets injured again you know clay continues to kind of be no show etc etc it could happen but i mean probably less than unlikely yeah all right so uh lebron said a lot of things and we're gonna get into that later in the episode but we'll uh we'll kind of Roll on to our other games of the week. A really, really fun game. Very interesting game that I wasn't expecting to be as interesting as it was, was uh, Miami over Golden State. This was on the 23rd. So I believe this is Monday. 
Miami pulls off a, a last second win from n- none other than Dijon Waiters. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's happening in Miami? This doesn't seem like this does not seem like a game that they should be winning, but they're yeah. somehow putting this together. I think uh, the base god curse has not been fully rescinded at this point. Uh, you know the Dion Waiters Kevin Durant connection. I just feel like unfortunately, Little B is not even in control of his own curses anymore, and Dion Waiters came back to uh, the curse to haunt yeah. young Kevin Durant. That's it's it's okay that it happened. I was just very very unsuspecting. The recipe, you know, to dethrone Golden State is you don't need Whiteside, you don't need Winslow, you just need to look great Dupont. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. How could we be so unsuspecting? Um, another game last week, San Antonio over Toronto. This is a pr- this is a pretty good matchup. Uh, San Antonio wins this game, one hundred eight, one hundred six. Uh, this was a pretty interesting game though, and interesting win for San Antonio, just given all the players that were sitting out in this game. We had Kawhi out, we had Parker out, we had Gasol out, and Toronto is still running with a full squad, I assumed, so they should be winning this game, given you know, given that they have Lowry, given that they have DeRozan, Glorf, definitely all-stars and playing very well this season, but they did not have enough. So, And they had been on the skids pretty hard kind of going into this game. So this is this one wasn't good for the psyche. No, nah, I mean, it's classic basketball doldrums, you know what I'm saying? January, February, teams sometimes aren't bringing it, coming up, up on the All-Star game. And, like, it just shows where Toronto's at, right? They're clearly a second-tier team. You're not talking about Toronto in the same conversation as Cleveland, Golden State, even San Antonio. Yeah. And this just proved it, right? San Antonio goes eastward, and they just, like, expose everybody. They show everybody, you know, who these teams really are, right? Yeah. You know, Charlotte might look good in the east, and they go play San Antonio and get stomped, just like all these, you know. Which fans, I like San Antonio is a great, uh, you know, litmus test for all these Eastern Conference teams. It's like, can you compete with San Antonio? The answer's probably not. Okay. Yeah, this game, too, LaMarcus Aldridge kind of reminded people who he is. Like, I feel like behind Kawhi and on a team that's, you know, second in the West, people kind of forget, like, he, he can be the guy on a lot of teams. And San Antonio, like, we know they sit stars and they still win games. And that's kind of what they do and what Pop what Pop does in that culture, that team. But LaMarcus Aldridge came up big, big in that game. And, and that guy's a beast, right? Like, he's, he's a fantastic player. He's not an all-star this year, but he has been in the past. And and I think that, that San Antonio can really ride him. I think the Parker and Gasol uh, duo sitting out is not a big thing. But you see Kawhi sitting and, and you think, like, wow, wow, okay, that's a throwaway game. And LaMarcus Aldridge comes up he's like, no. Yeah. But to Kyle's point, I mean, uh, like, the whole – business of like oh you got your all-star backcourt in the east right and these dudes are like the up and covers and you know you get the firepower and you're like trying to come up on cleveland and like if you can't even do that with you know even if parker gasol are not at their prime anymore like again toronto should have taken advantage of that fully oh yeah my my commentary on this game is just that like pop has instilled the system where a player like a patty mills who's like barely played in the nba for four or five seasons finally gets like meaningful minutes and is burning you know yeah Running that opportunity, or running with that opportunity, and like he's just filling in the system with en- like enabling players such as Dejounte Murray and Dwayne Dedman, which are like non-stories in the NBA right now. Yeah, they're they're kind of in the rotation, but when you know a Gasol and a Parker go out, they're willing to fit in. They're ready to step in. But that's when they have to make their statement because if the, if those guys are consistently playing, they do not have a chance to yeah. to rise to the occasion. So they rise to the occasion. They show their worth in that system, but they also show their worth across the NBA. So, and who knows? And gets who know, people talking. And who knows? They might come through in like a series, like a game win in a you know game four, or game five, with sure. a small little spurt from someone. If you don't enable that trust early, you know you can't really rely on that. And at any point in the season or postseason, 
course. Yes, yeah, running trend. I don't appreciate the slander of uh, the weekend's Australian cousin, Patty Mills. That man <laughs> has been making big shots in no minutes for like easily the past five seasons. That dude is established, right? He got paid off of only hitting shots in the playoffs, um, you know, just hitting daggers. So, you know, I would like a little bit more respect for Patty Mills, please. There is a highlight video of him just waving towels. Thank you. Yeah. You need, you need skills to do that. He's trained long and hard to do that. Of course. Well, the the week continues on with a game between Philly and Milwaukee. This is this is going to be a fun game going into the season. It's hard to say that this would be a game at all, but this this game is interesting. This game ends up in a win uh, for Philly one one fourteen one oh nine. Philly is definitely kind of on the upside. Uh, one of the stats that I saw in this game that was so intriguing to me is six players for Philly are, are in double digits. And that is a turnaround from earlier in the season. So that is a huge, huge thing. Um, Who knew Philadelphia had six players? <laughs> yeah. Earlier in the season, it was hard to uh, hard to say they did. Um, decent games for, for Greek Freak and Parker. Monroe, I believe, had a pretty decent game this game. So really, really entertaining game, too. And uh, definitely a futures game. Yeah, there's one guy I want to focus on Philadelphia uh, in that game. And uh, it's TJ McConnell. Yeah. Uh, that guy uh, is a second year player who I think people were saying, like, he's just going to fill in after the MCW void. Uh, like, we're going to find another point guard. But he, at this point, you can say that he's running an actual NBA offense that's relatively successful uh, and is generally, uh, on the whole, other than Embiid, relatively under talented. And the guy people are arguing is that Philadelphia's second most important player in the offense that they're running right now. Uh, unexpected, and I think that it's leading to a lot of these wins, and he deserves some recognition for that. Very cool. Very It'll cool. be interesting to see when uh, Simmons comes in to play point forward, uh, what what that does, and you know what that dynamic looks like. All right, so I'll let the uh, I'll let either Gay or Stackard take this next one here. This was a this ended up being a great game at the very end, but this is Minnesota Minnesota over Phoenix in the in the closing seconds. So I know that you guys watched this one a couple times. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think um, in short, it's really clear that Wiggins has this identity of an on and off player. He can come on in games, and he's when given opportunity, he can kind of flourish. But when given that same opportunity on other teams, he might have a downswing or a five for eighteen type of shooting performance. But he was supported really well this game by uh, Shabazz Muhammad and Carl Anthony Towns. You know, each scoring about like fifteen to twenty points each, and then he had a. a, a but 30, 31 in this game? Yeah, season performance type of game here in 31. He had a game winner, which has been one of the, like, the only game winners we've had since like a Luke Riddenauer way back when. Or like a, <laughs> a Kevin Love against the Clippers like yeah. six years ago. Um, so it's been pretty crazy that that's how bad we've been. And it's been nice yeah. because this could be like a highlight of the season in the event that uh, you know we don't necessarily get to that postseason. This could sure. be like a nice game to kind of build off of for next season. Um, really calling it early, Gay. So really calling it early, but no, I get your point. I I certainly get your well, point. Yeah, in the sense that we were up and then we were down big in the closing mm-hmm. minutes, and then you know we got back into contention with a couple threes sure. from Cat and Wiggins. And Phoenix is playing fairly decent this game. I know that that Booker Booker and Chandler had yeah. some decent games. I think uh, Booker went for like twenty nine, Chandler like twenty one or something like that. So. They're they're playing pretty well too. So this was a very competitive game. But. Yeah, Chandler going for like twenty one or something was kind of alarming because we have a pretty nice front court, I would say, but we're letting them have their will, you know. So yeah. a cat can't really necessarily defend a, a Chandler 
Like, Gorgie can, but he got in foul trouble early, and Nemanja can't, you know, so it's a little alarming that he can go 11 for 13 and score, like, you know, 23 points or something. On a Shit. Tom Thibodeau coach oh, defense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be God. I mean, what happened? I mean... Where are the where are the Herald Angels singing? You I came back to ask, you came back to ask the bigger questions, didn't uh, you? <laughs> I did, you know, I didn't come to needle anybody except for when it involves a former Chicago Bulls coach or player. Of course. So there's two more games this this week. There was a big win for Sacramento over Cleveland. This was on the 25th, just uh, a couple days ago, and this was 116-112. This game goes into OT. Um, Cousins and Collison are definitely going off in this game. Uh, Willie Colley Stein has what is it more more boards than points in this game? He's got like eight points, but like ten boards. So kind of kind of interesting. Um, going back to an earlier comment that LeBron had made, he t- he called he specifically called out Liggins and and Felder, and they did not have a performance in this game. Not at all. I, I dug deep into the stats on this one, which is which was pretty funny. Yeah, I think that the specific res- the result of the specific game is less important than I think what it means for the Cavs, right? Like what happened in this game from from my perspective is that the the Kings came in and they smelled blood, right? Like, the Cavs are starting to look like a like a wounded animal out there, and that's not like when when you're starting to look that way, the last person you want to see, I guess, is Demarcus Cousins. And he came out, and they they took advantage of it, and that's what really started to kind of tear open uh, that that criticism from LeBron on, on Liggins and Felder and all the guys basically aren't the big three or you know the big four if you include Tristan Thompson and the Cavs, and like is so is are, are they are the Cavs right now getting actually exposed because of this game, uh, or is it more of just uh, a drop in the bucket like yeah you're gonna you're gonna see some ruts in every now and then, and for me I think because like if it, if it was not. Uh, significant, then there wouldn't have been the talk afterwards. But there are people that are frustrated in that organization right now, and they're sure. starting to realize like if these are the games that we're dropping, and like we can't we can't hang, or we're we're, we're struggling to hang with the Kings right now. <laughs> like, what does that mean for the rest of our season? Does it? <laughs> I I think when I think about this a little bit further, though, if if a game if an upset from from Sack is so alarming, what would happen if there's like the Magic beat them or the or the what happens if the Nets beat them? Like, people just get fired automatically. <laughs> just like trades are already in the works. They're in the pipeline, given that situation. It's it's the red button. Well, it's interesting. I just feel like that this is bringing, being brought up now. Like, why is this just now a phenomenon, right? Like, Kevin Love played defense for one possession in the finals, and all of a sudden that erases the fact that if you have a team with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, forget LeBron James, you should never lose to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And this has been alarming since both those guys even got to Cleveland initially, right? Yeah. Nobody's wanted to admit that neither of those guys have played up to their potential playing with LeBron James in the fact that they won the title, came back from 3-1 due to a superhuman effort by, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. You know, all of a sudden, those conversations stop. So why are we talking about it in the middle of January against Sacramento? This clearly doesn't mean anything to their playoff hopes. It doesn't yeah. mean anything to their performance, like, going deep in the playoffs. But these are, like, long-term, you know, cracks in the facade that have been there. And it, it, my question just is, like, why is LeBron just noticing now? Like, I mean, it's really interesting <laughs> that him and D. Wade came out in the same week criticizing oh, yeah. younger oh, yeah. players. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that banana boat text thread has just got to be on fire right now they're just like guys we gotta we gotta shit on the young dudes for a little bit we gotta we gotta show them how it's done they got their own slack channel um, <laughs> to your both of your points it's in the middle of january right now like they're just kind of trying to coast the rest of the season and maybe it's just like an anomaly type of game that doesn't really factor in, in the standings in the end because they're still going to be there at the end 
the number one seed. Um, I feel like there's this has been a perennial thing with LeBron. LeBron's not in the news, and all of a sudden, bam, he's in the news. He's on the headlines of ESPN articles and saying he's he's upset, he's irate. Every year, even in Miami, even in his first few years in Cleveland, it's around this time. Yeah, I just feel like he, he knows how to weigh and <laughs> just, he knows how to play the game. Yeah, in terms of staying relevant in the media as well as like on performance. But he's you know he's putting a lot of time on his body right now. <laughs> Is there is, does he, LeBron just have a calendar up where it's just <laughs> like it's about mid January, mid to end of January? Yeah. I am going to complain yeah. now. <laughs> right right now. now we have uh, public criticism for late January, early February. I'm going to be mysteriously in Miami for three weeks. Def- definitely not getting HGH shots. And I'm going to come back looking way better, but it's definitely not for any any health reasons. <laughs> of course. The last game of the week is, is Houston over Philly. That's not that surprising. I guess the reason I picked this game out, it was, it was a lot closer than I expected this to be given how well Houston has played. But Houston won 123-118. An absolutely exquisite performance from Harden. Harden goes for 51-13-13. and 13. His second triple-double with 50 or more points this season. Embiid also has a terrific wow. game here with over 32, 32-7. So he is, he is still staying relevant uh, and in the discussion. Maybe to the dismay of some on this cast. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I'm, just really quick, I thought I think the back and forth between Nene and Embiid was glorious in this game. The very first possession was a dunk, a throwdown. One of my favorite plays this week. Yeah. From Embiid over Nene, and then yeah. like two minutes later, Nene got him back. And then the that very next possession was a three by Embiid, and he's getting the he's getting the crowd up. Yeah. And it you know it showed in the the whole game like it was a really live, uh, very energetic crowd. And even in the post game, you know, everyone's recognizing that there's something buzzing, and you know the crowds, are, the coaches are recognizing it, the opposing coaches are recognizing it. Sure. All right, so let's let's move on from our games of the week to some awesome moments. We we talked a little bit about Harden's performance in that last game. Stat God dropped some other notice noticeable stats for this last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've been a big proponent of the Harden D'Antoni. Um, coupling the sweet hardship that they have between the two of them so far this year so i pulled some stats for last week because i i'm a big proponent of how the, the rockets are, are running their offense so a few things real quick uh the rockets right now in last week first in effective field goal percentage which includes free throws uh for those of you that don't know uh first in free throw rate so the amount of free throws per possession that they get and then on top of that they're 30th in their turnover rate they uh turn the ball over at 18.3 percent of their possessions they are em- embodying the run and gun uh, mentality that they've been bestowed, and, and I just feel like this D'Antoni Harden thing. Like, are they bringing out the best and the worst in each other? Like, everything that's going on between those two guys is just like, let's take what we all like the buzzwords and what we all thought about these two guys, and let's just bring it to the forefront and like times it by ten. And, and that's what's happening in Houston right now. I think it's beautiful. Their offense is so predictable, but you can't stop it. That's but that's my takeaway from Houston. Yeah. yeah, it's predictable. You can get those you know turnovers, you move those steals and everything, but it's still a Capella lob, it's still a Harrell lob, it's still a Nene lob, it's still that you know the same possessions over and over again. Wow, and it's just fully embodied as Eric just said. But it's working. It's Very working. Interesting. Is it? Am I? Am I seeing this correct? Miami is on a six-game winning streak. Currently, without Hassan Whiteside or Justice Winslow. That. All right, that still doesn't seem real, so I'll 
I'm just gonna shake that Tyler one. Tyler Johnson, <laughs> Tyler Johnson making more money than Steph Curry, J- Josh Richardson, and uh, what Dion Waiters with like a throwback. Dion Waiters, Dion. Pat Riley can't even help himself, right? Like yeah, he can't yeah. even. The man can't even <laughs> tank, tank like in any situation, right? Like he has the crappiest roster in the league. And can't even tank. <laughs> All right, how about a couple other quick highlights from the stat noticeable stats this last week? Yeah, uh, one other, th- a couple of things that I pulled right now. Uh, Thunder right now, Russell Westbrook running the floor. Uh, they're creating a ton of free throws. Their first in free throw attempts in the last week with almost twenty six. However, they're a bummer twenty sixth in free throw percentage, seventy four percent. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> missing more than one out of four of every one of those free throws. And with those stats, that's like four four points a game that you're giving up just by missing free throws. And like that's uh, even more than that. It's almost six or seven. What what do you like as, as Billy Donovan like you're you're getting exactly what you want right you're get you're getting your guys being aggressive Russ is setting them up to either get free throws or getting free throws himself but like you're just not converting that must be the most frustrating thing <laughs> you know uh, what you, you know what you got to do shoot underhand <laughs> you do need to shoot underhand I I believe I shot better in the Knights of Knights of Columbus free throw shooting championship back in '96. Uh, 80 percent i'm i'm a solid 80 percent i mean the city threw you a parade after that so clearly i I believe i mean i I recall getting some hardy's gift certificates but um (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i i don't recall all the details of the parade but i'm sure it happened tomato tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it happened all right so a, a couple other quick things uh points harden was absolutely crushing it last week so obviously his 51 point attempt helps in that um, Irving and Isaiah Thomas are pretty close behind him in terms of total points. Kevin Love is averaging like almost a little over 14 boards a game over this last week. Harden is crushing it in assists, 47 assists in the last four games. Um, Stacka, you put together a couple of other interesting stats here at the very end so yeah uh, a couple of more uh, weekly leaders uh right now it's wayne wade is leading the league uh in the last week in steals per game with what? almost four yeah what's he doesn't belong on this <laughs> no i mean is that including steals from his teammates from the, <laughs> from the younger players on the team <laughs> or just interview steals stolen possessions <laughs> from the bulls <laughs> stolen spotlight and limelight from other members of the team <laughs> And minutes and minutes. Uh, this uh, overtime has some factor to play in this. I know the the Cavs went into overtime against both the Kings and the Spurs in the last week, but at the same time, I know there's this big narrative of of LeBron James coasting through the regular season. But based on the last week, he's playing over forty minutes a game uh, in so, this last week in in overtime games. And I think that if if you're coasting, then you're not trying as hard as he has been in this last week, and you're also not coming to the media and, and complaining about sure. your guys, your, your team's regular season performance. So, so but here, I think the bigger point that hasn't been talked about is not whether or not LeBron is coasting, whether or not he should be coasting. Yeah. You don't want LeBron putting out 42 minutes and putting out these monumental efforts to win games in January, right? Yeah. Like, you should be okay with dropping a game to Sacramento in January sure. and LeBron only playing 36 sure. minutes um, because that is better for your team, right? If you have to, if LeBron has to play forty-two minutes for them to win a game, that's a bigger problem than whether or not he should. You know, whether or not he is coasting is not as big a question as whether or not he should be. Of he's, course, he's currently leading the league in minutes played over Zach Levine, over Kyle Lowry, over you know DeRozan. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that that's definitely is wild. So, I think um, uh, to MTG's point, like when you go up against a competitive Spurs team and they're not sitting anybody in that game, like 
like you were saying earlier, like you've got the East locked up. Nobody's really competing with you for that. Why are you trying to play that team competitive right now? Like Pop has trademarked the whole, like, you know, sit your superstar. We're not going to play super aggressive competitive games. It's going to take a lot out of our guys. Uh, and then you've got a, an aging LeBron James that's obviously committed to to being successful in the playoffs, but you know you're going to ride him into the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. What like what are you even doing playing him in that game at all? Exactly. You yeah. You pull a pop and sit all your best players in a nationally televised game. <laughs> that's classic pop, right? Like and that's, you know, and it solves LeBron's problem of like I need some media attention in late January. It's like, boom. I sat myself in one this stone. game. Ty Lue had nothing to do with it. It's pop's protest. Yo, Ty Lue has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> It was the inaugural Saturday game on ABC ESPN. They had to have everyone to play in that game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna transition over to our insane plays of the week. So these are five of our favorites, maybe my favorite, but five of the best plays of the last week. I have to. We'll start with number five. Marcus Morris tips has a tip in win on the twenty first over the over the Wizards. This is over the top of his brother. This uh-huh. this is a fun, fun, fun highlight. So he just kind of he just jumped for this ball and just put it back in. Deshaun Waiters at number four. So he hits that three over Thompson in the closing seconds of the game to win that game for Miami. I mean, you shoot enough threes, you're bound to hit one of them. <laughs> Golden State Warriors uh, announcers called him Deion Sanders. <laughs> and they're like, whoops. <laughs> Number three, Embiid has a contested dunk over, I believe it's over Harrell in the game versus the Rockets. This is a terrible play, a terrible setup, but Embiid pulled it off and it went down pretty hard. So My only thing was, it was just a bad decision, right? Like, yeah, the guy was playing perfect defense and he just like bulldozed through him. And yeah, but now, but the thing is, he converted and it looked nasty. And that dude's going to be on a poster for yeah. the rest of his life if he's still alive. Yeah. We don't no, no one's confirmed that Harrell is still alive after that, <laughs> after that dunk. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just interesting. No, to number two, Vince Carter. Vince Carter is really repping a- AARP pretty hard, and he is going going for the 360 layup in the game over Toronto. This play was awesome. I like yeah. – I'll remember this play for probably the rest of the season because, one, he's still pulling it off, and two, like, who, who does a 360 layup in a game? That's what I'm saying. And the other thing, too, is, like, the interesting parallels here. I mean, he was the sixth god before Drake. And, you know, Drake, his father's from Memphis. Yes. His mother lives in Toronto. And yes. so Vince Carter going from Toronto to Memphis oh. and hitting the 360 layup against Toronto. There's just a lot of there's just a lot of uh, OVO going on right you, now. I don't really know what to do. With you him. expect a, a Drake song coming out. After I want this. a reference at least. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I just want I want some sort of acknowledgement. All right. To so. our to our most insane play of the last week. This is Andrew Wiggins with a game winner. Over the Suns. This is worth putting up. We will have this on the RTP uh, Twitter feed. So this this was a fun, fun play at the very end. And we talked a little bit about this game earlier, but this just ended up being kind of, at least for a Minnesota fan, we don't expect this to happen, as you as you talked about earlier, Gabe. But he pulled it off. So Maple Jordan can play. <laughs> It was funny. It was kind of like retribution from like he missed a free throw. We got a couple bad calls and he like turned it around for us. So it was fun to watch. All right. So from some of our favorite plays to some of our least favorite plays, we're going to move over to a couple of terrible moments for this last week. And these are pretty funny. I had the chance to see one of Chandler Parsons uh, three point attempts this last week. 
that makes it nowhere near the rim. I think he's a solid three or four feet short of the rim. I laugh so hard. I probably watched this free throw several times, maybe three or four times already. This is Noah's free free throw attempt that I think he's a solid five feet off on a free throw (laughs) attempt. Like, I just, it was on replay for me. It was like my moment of zen for one day. Sometimes the spin makes it go in the basket. Sometimes it makes it go out. You can't, <laughs> you can't really control that level of spin, all right? You can't control a tornado, man. It's a force of nature. <laughs> all right. Moving on to the old man's lounge. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. One more time. Oh, man. Oh man, we have we have a number of visitors in the old man's lounge and some names that we haven't seen before. All right, Stack, uh, some noticeable noticeable names from last week's old man's. Yeah, uh, a few a uh, few brand names to call out. Uh, Joakim Noah, on top of his uh, beautiful tornado free throw last week, managed to make it into the old man's lounge not once but twice. He couldn't <laughs> stay away, uh, and just his. Uh, Former, well, he wasn't a former teammate, but uh, a former Nick himself, uh, Jose Calderon, was feeling the same thing. He thought it was a good idea. Also made it to the old man's lounge twice. He gets, he gets a rewards card. He does, yeah. <laughs> Frequent flyers to the old man's lounge. It's beautiful. Uh, a couple other guys, just names that you don't necessarily expect to be there. Kenneth Fareed. Uh, I always expect Kenneth Fareed <laughs> to be there. Uh, and Tony Allen both managed to make it. Uh, Tony Allen put up almost, almost 25 minutes in that game, went 0 for 6. <laughs> just Guys just not having a, a good time sometimes. Uh, but my favorite thing is, back to back to Noah, he played over 20 minutes in one of these games, went 0 for 4, got 0 points, 3 turnovers, 3 assists, but 15 rebounds? <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. What is that? Is that basketball? <laughs> he just needs... What is it? Tom Lemansky just needs to go to basketball and just show him, show him the fundamentals. Just show him the fundamentals. Now, Joe Kim Noah has to get a board for every time Joel Embiid doesn't get a board. <laughs> Can I get some double-digit rebound games from Joel Embiid, please? Can we get one? I just, I just want one. Just Thank one. You. That's so, all I'm asking. The for. thing that sticks out for me is that there's a bunch of people with J's in their name and they don't have a J, so it's just like. Okim Noah, Jose Aaron Aaron Sullinger. Beautiful. He's seven feet tall and he doesn't know how to jump off the ground. I love that. Aaron Sullinger, welcome back to the NBA. Aaron Sullinger, that's that's probably my new favorite name in the NBA right now. Absolutely incredible. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna transition over to we've gone from the give and go at two to the three man weave at three, but now the four on three this week. We are back. What's good, fellas? What's oh, that? man, what an answer. The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one, is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell Westbrook. I'm doing how Harlem Globetrotter shit around my body, spinning on my finger right now. The second will crying LeBron replace crying Jordan in the memosphere this season. All right, we are back with the four-on-three this week. MTG, run it. Yeah, this week, four people, three mics. Here we go. Um, All-Star Weekend is about to be upon us. We've uh, got all the controversy. We've got the starters. We've got the reserves. We've got fans. We've got Zaza. We've got all the things. You know what we don't have is a spate of interesting events happening outside of the All-Star game, right? Who knows who's going to be in the dunk? Who knows, you know, what what the hell is the skills challenge? I'm tired of uh, the three-on-three shooting thing with the legends. Like, get all that out of here. So I need you all to bring the events you want to see at All-Star 
that currently don't exist. Hmm. Hondo, go. Okay, I'm going to do it right away. I'm going to say a Mascot Royal Rumble. <laughs> mascot Royal Rumble is happening, and I am bringing in Robin Lopez to fight them all. Whoa, whoa. I, I have to. He's just, one, I've watched all of his fights. <laughs> Two, I, I know I know that he can bring the fans in. Now, is he the only, he's the only player allowed in it? It's all mascots plus Robin Lopez? Well, it, is Ron Artest still in the league? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he have to be? No, no. I mean, he, he can well, ref it. Yeah, he, he could probably ref it. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, I want to see um, the All-Star game played in an Olympic-sized pool with floating hoops. That's more interesting to me than the regular All-Star game. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see Steph Curry pulling up from 55. I want to see you know glorified water polo. I want to see Blake Griffin dunking on fools and tearing down a hoop underwater. That's what I want to see. That's kind of like when they did the All-Star game for NHL, like outdoors in an open like field right yeah it's just more interesting like, who why? who in the nba can swim we don't know right. we don't know yeah. who can actually swim we don't know who can keep their head above water we don't know who's going to get scared really quickly like yeah. does Joel Embiid? is he so tall that he can just walk across the bottom of the pool <laughs> we need answers to these questions this is much more interesting to me than you know elbow jumpers from half the half the dudes on the team so i'm gonna take that a step further right i don't want to just see them playing in a pool playing basketball i want to see a two-on-two tournament of chicken fights in the nba right? <laughs> I don't care about the skills challenge. I know y'all can shoot. I know you can pass. I know you can dribble. That's a given, right? You're an NBA basketball player. But you're also seven feet tall, and you'll look stupid on another seven feet tall person trying to get handsy with another pair of guys that are both seven feet tall in a pool, right? How does this end, and who are the, who's the best two-man chicken fighters in the, in the league? Nobody knows. That's, we that's, don't have the answer to that question right incredible. now. That's incredible, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb just off the top of my head. I'm going to say Isaiah Thomas on top of Joel Embiid. Oh, <laughs> that's winning hands down, right? Just keeping down. the center of gravity low. That's, yeah. What, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's right, right strategy, the man. <laughs> the, only, the only possible other possible winner... I just think, you know, this might be just too much limbs going on, but Giannis with Embiid on top. <laughs> you know, I'm, pu- I'm pulling Giannis, but with Gobert. That, that, that nine-foot, oh, no. six wingspan no, no, coming no, at you just, across the over the top. Over the top. All over again. That's, that's over the top. And yeah. here's the real question that we don't know. Would doctors clear Chris Bosh to participate? Oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> look, look, I need Chris Bosh back in the league. I want to see this man on a basketball court. If this is how we accomplish it, this is how hey, it gets done. Hey, I know how... on the court, he goes in the pool. I know how Chris Bosch comes back. I know how he comes back. How's that? It's if if Chris Chris Bosch is sponsored by Thronos. Hey. Oh. Boom. Oh. Um, oh. That's um. Uh, man, that might be too soon. <laughs> <laughs> is is Shkreli involved somehow? Because uh, I think you know Shkreli. He's uh, obviously involved. Mm, so I don't like this. Gee, what's your uh, what's your alternative game? Um. I guess more pool play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hot tub session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. no, but it's with the basketball. It's yeah, with well, the uh, basketball wives, of course. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring no, them in. Yeah, I'll go a step further than that. I want to see the hot tub rhyme machine <laughs> with every NBA player who's put out an album, a rap album, or even a SoundCloud single. Um, so I want Iverson, Dame Lillard, Kobe. We all remember that Kobe. We want oh, yes. Kobe in there, Shaq. They all got to get in a hot tub together and have a freestyle cipher similar to BET ciphers. Hot tub rhyme machine. And then Damian Lillard gets snubbed. How dare you? How dare you? 
<laughs> as is tradition. As is tradition. All I was going to say right. is, you know, play a little game of Marco Polo, but instead of Marco Polo, they say Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> Bellinelli. <laughs> or because, you know, the chicken fights are going on next door, it's just Marco Pollo. Pollo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MTG. Um, man, my only other one is I want to see something similar to the big three um, league, but I want to see it at All Star, and I want to see it with uh, like deceased players. Deceased players. That's right. I want to see. Course. I want to see George Mikan. And... Well, it's it, it, deceased players or hologram players. Oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends where the state of research at is that <laughs> in uh, reviving human beings. I mean, working on head transplants, working on cryogenics. I want uh, George Mikan back. Okay, that's I, right. I want George Mikan, of course. I want Wilt back. So. I want Led Bias in the Rising Stars game. <laughs> <laughs> I love the it. Logo. I love it. Wait, I think the logo's still alive. <laughs> we think. Because has anybody seen Jerry West? I have not seen. I have not seen. Bro, supposedly Jerry West he's recently. an executive for he's Golden around. State, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but we can't confirm that he's alive right now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the worst better, though? Wouldn't that be the worst to get invited to the deceased game and you're uh, you're actually still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I think that'd be incredible. I think <laughs> need to invite Charles Barkley, you know, that'd be, that'd be fun. All right, um, I have I have a quick topic here. Go for be, it. Because of the the growth of the Big Three League, where who gets the television rights to the Big Three League? Mm. Mm. So is I, is it going to be some very obscure channel? Are we going to find this on ESPN Deportes, or like <laughs> where is it going to end up? I think it's going to end up on RT. Russian television. <laughs> I think Ice Cube is going to strike a deal with Trump, who's going to strike a deal with Putin, and it's going to end up on RT streaming. All through a Twitter conversation. <laughs> the entire thing. What I'm hoping happens with this league is that the NBA tries to reach out to them and, and be like a kind of you know, brother-sister league kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, we'll put all your games on NBA TV. We'll, we'll have them streamable through League Pass. And uh, and Michael Red and everybody on that and involved in that league just goes fuck no, and, <laughs> and they just decide to go do their own thing. They get like a channel like seven thousand eight hundred ninety two is the big three channel. Like you only get it in the most extreme sports packages. <laughs> and, uh, it ends it ends up on Bravo for sure. I mean, you have Ice you have Ice Cube involved. It's on Bravo. I I, I feel like that's already happening. I feel like there's a connection between Ice Cube and sci-fi, you know, like Anaconda <laughs> and all that stuff. I feel like, and because this thing is all about science fiction anyways, <laughs> like these guys can't ball, but they're going to try. They're going to get some augmented, you know, pumps from Puma. You know? It's going to be on sci-fi, I believe. <laughs> beautiful, great. beautiful. All right, um, up next, we've got, um, pick uh, your best starting five. That wasn't selected for All Star, oh, sure. but could beat either side of the All Star squad. Oh damn! So can we like go around the room to just fill a position, or do I need to say? Yeah, five? no, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. some of us had five ready to go, but why, let's just go up and down the board. Uh, we'll start in the backcourt. Kyle, who you got in the backcourt? Uh, in the backcourt for your non All Star five. Yeah, I got Embiid in the backcourt. Embiid uh, in the okay. backcourt. Wow. No, 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 backcourt. Front wow. Pulling pull, pull Giannis here. Okay, sorry, sorry, all right. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. In the front court. In the front court. <laughs> all right, fine. Well, well, you can start in the front court. All right, all right. Next player, who you got, Stag? Uh, I got Cat. I'm pulling Cat all day. Okay, yeah, man. So he's, he's coming. That's front court. Realizing okay, so you can go front court or back court. Whatever you want. Um, if CP3 was healthy, probably CP3. CP3. 
I'm going Dame. Get Dame in here. Oh, Dame would light everyone on fire because he wasn't selected. He's going he's gonna to like close Kyrie Irving's eyes even more than they already are. And I know that's really impossible to do, but <laughs> he's going to like put them to rest. So who's, who's starting in the backcourt? So we got frontcourt is Embiid, Cat, backcourt. I guess we have the backcourt then. So we got CP3 and Dame. So who's the other frontcourt player? Who you got? Man, I'm struggling with this one. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure yet. All right, now I'm taking it over. All right, you got it. Poor Zing God. Oh. We're going poor Zingus and Bede on the same team with Cat. Yeah. Those three dudes with the passing ability of the front court plus, you know, point guard CP3 and then Dame just lighting motherfuckers on fire. Like, that team's beating either of those sides at All-Star. I put money on that. Jimmy Butler starts and looks up and is like, yep, that's who I'm facing. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Plus, you don't have to play defense in All-Star, so that team's totally fine. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Completely fine. Beautiful. Um, and, man, I don't know if I have any other three-man topics. Oh, we, yeah, do we want to talk about the Bulls? Let's talk, let's, let's talk, talk about, about the Bulls for a few minutes. We have to. We have to. Do we have to? <laughs> if we're talking last week in the NBA, yes, we absolutely do have to. Really. All right, so like, let's, let's be clear. I mean, so who, at the end of the day, right, and I think it's obvious, who at the end of the day is the first person to leave Chicago based on the fallout of everything that happened this week? It's Rajon Rondo. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's Rondo. Rondo, Rondo is gone, Rondo. for sure. He's the fall guy. I mean, he's the fall guy before any of this went down. Yeah, so nobody's taking Rondo's side. Nobody believes Rondo has any value. Nobody, you know, nobody loved the Instagram post of, uh, you know, days of glory past. Oh, I loved it. It's, oh, it's uh, extremely, <laughs> extremely hypocritical for him to post on social media about being social on media. Yeah, but, and um, for him to say anything about the word leadership, that man's oh, never yeah. showed leadership in his entire life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for when he's playing, what, uh, Connect Four? Apparently he's a Connect Four god, so maybe he's a leader in that space, but... Uh, Eight-year-olds yeah. are Connect Four gods. So. <laughs> but he knows all of this at this point, right? Like yeah. He knew that he's the first one to go. He knew he was the scapegoat before posting anything on Instagram. Like At this point, I think Rajon Rondo's just having a good time. Like, he knows I was going to say, yeah, he's trolling everybody, right? Right. Like, he's, he's going nowhere. He'll, he'll sign a contract after the Bulls, and he'll get paid. But like, he's, he's not going to be successful. So. Who's, who's gonna have- Hasn't he been like cancer on like all four of these teams? I was gonna say, and the thing is, like, like what you'd think of the teams where he would go after this, who would just sign him to a contract just to have him. Sacramento already did that shit. They were all, they're always the most desperate. Yeah. Philadelphia is not gonna ruin what they have, yeah. right? Like Orlando's not gonna do anything like that because their GM's no. on the hot seat, so he can't make any bold moves they like that. Got Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so my, I bet, I, if I had to bet, I would say he doesn't play for another NBA team. He might go overseas, he might do something like that, but he's already made enough money in all the contracts he had. I think he just doesn't. I don't think he plays again. I, like, who's, yeah, I think he plays like, in China. <laughs> there you go. Join Stefan Marbury. Oh, no, nah, Marbury doesn't beautiful. even want him. <laughs> Stephon Mar- Marbury, Marbury doesn't, doesn't want him. Want wow, wow. Stefan Marbury thinks does he go, Rondo's does, too shellfish okay. and overrated. Does he go straight to the big three? Does he go <laughs> uh, the youngest player in the big three history? Wow. <laughs> but who wants him on their team? Oh, well, it, that uh, the guy that's not going to get Kobe on his team. Uh, Swish Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is like, it hurts me to like really follow this storyline in depth and the layers that it's been. Like Wade going off saying he's 35, he doesn't need to fucking practice. Who is he now? Like, what is he like from T-Mobile fame to like you know, getting a championship <laughs> to being entitled to say, hey, I can cannot practice right now? Yeah. Um, it's bullshit, really. Like, um, I'm not taking anyone's side here. Um. Nope, I feel nope. bad for the Bulls organization, but I don't because they put themselves in this position 
they really needed to see in a wider lens where their trajectory was and how Wade in the back ass of his career and um, Rondo doing nothing in Sacramento, in Dallas, being a terrible play, terrible fit before the season started, around Butler, who also has uh, faults in his game, can't score, you know, can't shoot a three, surround Butler with three-pointers uh, akin to Houston, you know, with three-point shooters, mm-hmm. and maybe you have a starting point of a team that could grow into something. But instead, they're putting all the blame or some of the... the, the the head cases of the team are putting the blame on those young stars. They don't want to play for you guys now. Like they didn't sign up for this shit. They're trying to do this together as a unit. And I respected Rondo's post in that regard because he's talking about the youth as something, but I also think it's full of shit too. Like, and I just feel like this is just so much bull that Fred Hoiberg has to handle that, you know, Garpax has to handle and they didn't really expect it. But now what are they doing? They're blowing, it's blowing up in their face, and they can't do anything about it. The only remedy is to blow it up, but they can't trade any of this mm-hmm. away because Wade's making, what, like $23, 25000000 million a year. Yeah. Rondo's making retarded money. Butler's probably the, the most tradable asset, but he's, like, been the face of the franchise for a couple of seasons. So you don't want to trade that away because then you re- lose all your fan base and the momentum that was swinging into the season. Of course. I mean, but here's the thing, though. They should have been anticipated this. This is something yeah. that, like, so many people saw. So I was like, right. you know, I don't feel bad about anybody involved in this because this was a clusterfuck from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point do we start talking about John Paxson turning into Joe Dumars, right? So Joe Dumars made the Rashid trade, yeah, turned yeah. Detroit into, you know, won their title, you know, was hailed as the, you know, you know, preeminent GM and, you know, drafted Darko over Carmelo. Yeah. And, like, you know, all of a sudden you start, you know, have, adding up all these things to a point where, you know, they said to get rid of him because his track record was no longer stellar anymore. But um, at what point do we just say that, like, you know, the GMs involved here have to take the blame and need to be shown the door? I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. The What this is turning into is essentially one of the most expensive both in terms of money and just what it's actually costing the franchise right now. One of the most expensive experiments of all time. And, and it's just, it's a weird, weird circumstances that kind of shows the unpreparedness of the GM in the front office. Back in the offseason, before the Wade signing, before the Rondo, everybody was saying this was the Bulls tank year, right? We were, yeah, yeah. We were looking forward to like, they were talking about trading Jimmy Butler and just like actually scrapping all the assets that they had, tanking, getting the picks and trying to, to rebuild from there. Decided to keep Jimmy. Sure, totally understandable. You got the face of the franchise. The guy's a player. And then Wade falls into their lap in a really weird, dysfunctional way. And then they go off and try to sign Rajon Rondo. And everybody, Bulls fans included, are just like, all right, I guess we're not tanking now. And now you're you know, a fringe 500 team and you're not being successful. And like, I don't understand why anybody's surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, we called it. It was just about when it was going to happen this season. You know, coming from Chicago, being a lifetime Chicago Bulls fan, this is obviously like I would, you know, I would love for things to be going differently. But I lived through the Tim Floyd, uh, Elton sure. Brand years, so oh, this this doesn't even compare to that. And <laughs> you know, if anything, I just hate having Rondo in a Chicago Bulls jersey. That's the most painful part of all of this. He's yeah. unwatchable and eh, but, a despicable. But it'll player. change soon. It'll it'll change. I mean, yeah, Rondo yeah. will be gone. Um, everything else will kind of stay the same. Uh, Fred Hoiberg needs to get out of here. I don't know why they hired him in the first place. Um, yeah. They haven't given him anything that he needs to succeed as a coach, but yeah. at the same time, he hasn't shown any green shoots of being able to coach a basketball team at this level. So, um, you know, it's, it's all makes for interesting drama. Um, and 
you know where this goes from here i think is it's, 30 for 30 of course uh, yeah I, I wish it was that interesting um i think it's gonna need some kind of like murder or arrest involved in order to make a 30 for 30 out of this but uh you know i think it's just uh it's nice in january when you can get uh you can get hype about nothing all right, Guy, we're going to transition here to your, your back fat for this week. Are you, uh, sure. are you ready here? Back One thing fat, I just wanted fat. to add uh, really quick to that story is the idea of being public about it all and being private. and kind of They probably have had these in-house meetings, right? Yeah. In team, like team, team meetings, personnel meetings, but they went straight to social media. And what's this in, in 2017? Like, is this what it becomes? To get like this, you know, crowd-funded support, you know, hmm. by liked and t- retweeted yeah. posts, just to get your side of the story heard. So then you're not the victim when you're clearly almost the only reason why this is happening. Hmm. Well, and that's the thing too. I think that speaks to the fact that you can't build like you know it's the un you know the, the often overlooked thing about you can't build a team from scratch and expect the chemistry to be there immediately, right? Like even though Jimmy's been there a while, he doesn't have anybody else around him from those glory days, right? It's mm-hmm. not D Rose, it's not Noah, it's not Lou Aldang, it's not you know the the vets that came up with him. What this is now is that you just cobbled a team together. Right, and there's no foundation for them to build upon. So what are they going to do? They're going to go to their individual outlets for these things instead of coming together as a team. And I think this speaks to again when you when you're building a team, there's got to be chemistry. There's got to be these intangibles that you account for. It can't all be you know Rondo averages 12 assists a game. It can't be Jimmy B. You know has you know this you know these stats and blah blah. blah. And Dwayne Wade's put up this in his career. You got to look beyond that in order to put together a basketball team. And they've clearly failed. All right, rock the back fat. Cha cha cha. The back fat broil. Mm. In 20 seconds or less. Sizzle. Um, he's making headlines these days. Um, this player, current NBA player, has hair. Plays, has, has hair. Plays for a team in the NBA. Plays meaningful minutes on a team in the NBA this year. Okay. Okay. Um, let's start it out with what everyone knows about every player in the NBA, and that's their numerology signs. Of course. His <laughs> first name is a growth number of eight. Right. If you read into numerology, you would know it's eight. Um, the ruling planet, if he were to, to be described in a numerologic, numerologic, if that's how you say it, planet, it's Saturn, of course. Of course. Um, you know, if you were to read his energy based on numerology, it'd be black and purple, which could, may or may not be meaningful. Do you mean black and yellow? And is this Wiz Khalifa? Oh, man. <laughs> Current NBA player, Wiz Khalifa. You know, <laughs> black and purple, black and purple. But it's gemstones, man. And it's gemstones. Of course. Rubies and amethysts. Just like Diablo 2. All right. We're in deep right now. We're in deep. We're in deep. <laughs> We're swimming in an Olympic-sized pool of fat right now. I love that. Yeah, I am He's having a drowning. career year this year. You know? Okay. He's had like over 700-plus games. A 10-year player. He's averaging, you know, over 20 points, over 7 assists, career numbers. 20 points, right. 7 assists. Um, hmm. He's part of a, a, a group where maybe they've underperformed or something, but at least, you know, he has a, a player that, you know, he can trust in. To the point where he, he, was asking, he was asked questions about his teammate, and here it is. Trey Kirby from the Starters interviewed him recently and asked him about... Um, Who's the better player, or who's the better is this, right? Okay. So who's the better ice skater? He said himself. Who's the better chef? He said himself. Who's the better uh, player who could or- order for a large group? And he said himself. 
But who's the better player overall? You said his teammate. Zach Lowe was on record recently. This week, uh, a week and a half ago, before the All-Star starters were announced, mm-hmm. saying that he's probably the one of 24 uh, most deserving All-Star nominees. He was uh, talked about by Kevin Durant. Uh, maybe in Rio, maybe a little bit before the Rio, you know, before his offseason signing, we'll say, saying he is so jealous of this relationship. This is a, a pretty big clue, by the way. Uh. He's so je- jealous of this relationship. He wished he had this in OKC. Whoa, sick burn to Russell Westbrook. It's not Russell Westbrook. And he said he hadn't had it since, I think you know it, I, he hasn't had it since like a James Harden type of you know, relationship. DeMar DeRozan? Mm. I was mm. going Kyle Lowry. It's Kyle Lowry. Blah, blah, blah. So here's, my, here's my stat, though. You knew it from the numerology, <laughs> didn't you? Here's the thing, though. He tore his ACL in the first week of college ball, and his draft stock plummeted, and I didn't want to say it yet because I knew you'd probably get it. And I was going to say something about Villanova and Randy Foy. But... <laughs> once, once you hit 27, 10 years in the league, and start talking about his teammates, there's only a couple teammates that are that close and talk yeah. each other that way. Mm-hmm. Plus... Where else are you going to talk about ice skating? Yeah. But Canada. <laughs> Canada. That's not, that's not coming up in an interview anywhere else but Canada. <laughs> Just gave it away. Well read, well read. Three. Man. Four on three. <laughs> All right, we got to do it. We got to do it again. We're going back this week in basketball. All right, we're going to move on to this week in basketball. We have a little bit of league activity as we, uh, as we kind of move forward this week. So just some quick highlights as we run through the rest of this. Um, players of the week, Joel, uh, Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard. Um, Adam Silver. Adam Silver is making some moves. I, I didn't do the research on this one. so I just wanted to quickly say that um, he's had uh, some recent talks in Vegas with uh, Mayor Ed Malloy. Or Ed Malloy. That's a fucking ref. <laughs> Ed Murray of Seattle. And uh, it went really well to the point where they just had ball in Mexico City and they are really pimping that out as a potential destination. Sure. And there are talks of Vegas, but Vegas is always going to be perennially like yeah. uh, in the discussion. And Seattle is going to be number one in terms of potent, like possible spots of when expansion happens. Um, but there was a there was a breakthrough recently, and that's all we're going to really say right now because you know we can talk about it at nauseum later. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the in dog depth, in, in the in the dog days in, in depth the do- later. But yeah, I just love that. You know, Seattle might be coming back on the map in the NBA, maybe in the, by the next CBA, which is like you know seven eight years from now. I like that. So another just point of league activity and something that we've talked about on this podcast before is just the progressiveness of the NBA. So the Nets are hosting their first ever Pride Night um, against Miami uh, in in. Yeah, the Nets are hosting their first ever Pride Night against Miami at Barclays Center tonight. And one of their featured guests will be a former Net Jason Collins. I think this is Again, showing how progressive the NBA is, especially versus other sports leagues. So I think it's I think it's a very very cool thing for them to get involved in, especially given the political climate of yeah, today. and the fact that they pulled the All Star Game from North Carolina and things like that. This just kind of yeah, it just entrenches it, it, yeah, their stance on these issues. So of course, very positive. all right, a little bit of player activity. Um, as we did not get to talk about this on the last episode, as this was just announced on Thursday. 
The All-Star Reserves were named. So, obviously, I mean, we can go we can go kind of through these names just real quickly. Westbrook, Thompson, Cousins, Jordan, Draymond Green, Marcus Gasol, uh, Gordon Hayward. For the West, from the East, we have John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Paul George, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, and Kemba Walker. Thoughts, thoughts about kind of who was named? Yeah, the banana boat representation here is terrible. Uh, and it's going to be kind of, I, I, I say that as a joke, but it is kind of showing a, a, an evolution and, and kind of the aging of that generation of superstars in the NBA with, with the you know upcoming... DeMar DeRozan type guy. John Wall made it this year. Paul George, a little younger than all those guys. Gordon Hayward, shout out to him. He's having a great season. He's deserving of it. I'm happy to see him there. But yeah, it's weird to see. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be weird to see an All-Star game without CP3 and uh, and Dwayne Wade and, and Carmelo Anthony. Not that I think that they deserve to see it, but it's just it's showing kind of like a, a different NBA than Changing I think we've, we've seen in the last decade. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think there should ever be an all-star team with both Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas <laughs> on the same team. Kemba Walker is the homeless man's Isaiah Thomas. Um, there's no need to have both of them involved. Um, I can't support Gordon Hayward's candidacy because if you have a haircut that comes from Mad Men, I don't think you deserve to be featured at all whatsoever. Um, and, I mean, obviously they're playing different conferences, but how you have um, Jordan in the game but you don't have Embiid in the game makes very little sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that. It is. I mean, obviously, right, it's just, didn't line up that way, I, but um, you know who's who's clamoring to see Paul Millsap in the game? No, over Embiid. Who's clamoring to see him over Porzingis? Right, and that's the whole thing. You know, there's the argument about you know we use these all star criteria to evaluate people for Hall of Fame yeah, and yeah. for career and yeah. for um, and for uh, contract status, all these things like that. So this matters to a certain extent, but also. Right, it's an exhibition game and it's for entertainment, and it's like you know, it's the big what if game, right? It's you're always playing, oh, who if they play with so and so and blah blah blah, X Y Z, and it's obviously going to be a lot more fun with those younger players in there who are not on this yeah. list yet. But. There's, there's a couple of picks that I liked. Obviously, Westbrook. Uh, I liked Cousins being picked. I huge supporter of Wall making this team as well as Thomas and Lowry. So I thought they're completely deserving and deserve to be on this on this selection. In terms of other ones, I'm kind of kind of up and down or even neutral. Free Dame. Free Dame. I was very surprised by CP3 not being nominated, um, mainly because he probably got a lot of the popular vote, but probably not as much from players and coaches, mm-hmm. which knocked him off on that in terms of starting. And then in the the coaches. Uh, uh, you know, discussion. They didn't even consider him. They there was a free vote for him to bring, be brought in to not play to have an all star replacement. You know, injury mm-hmm. replacement. Sure. So then it would have continued his legacy of being named to the all star and everything. Yeah, the hell um, with it. And like, yeah, he'll live with it. Right? Here's the thing: Do we think that Golden State deserved four people in the all star no. game? No. I, I don't like, think so. and for me, the, without Zaza, <laughs> <laughs> for me, the odd man out is Clay. I don't think Clay's put up all star number or all star performances this year. Yeah. Like, it, just in my personal opinion, right? He, you know, he's plays third string to the other two dudes. And, like, that's just a function of team, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when Chris Bosch is playing in Miami, yeah, he made some all star games, but he's also sacrificed. That's right, big yeah. time. And so Clay is doing the same thing. But then, if that's the case, then you just have to acknowledge that, like, maybe, you know, due to your team situation, due to the decisions that you and your team have made, you're not, not an all star. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's just the sacrifices that come, right? Yeah. You don't, we don't need to do this Detroit Pistons thing where four players from the leading teams in each conference make it every year right dame or cj mccollum i think are very deserving to your point about chris paul i think any three of those guys if you pick them over clay i don't think there's an uproar i don't think anybody's just like yeah. you know oh, clay deserved to be there so much more i no. don't think that's happening at all and that's just a function of team dynamics that's not shots to anybody that's just your team is organized such that you are not an all-star right 
All right, so we're going to turn our attention to a little bit lighter news. Um, there are some updates from the from the big three that we have to get into. A couple of coaches were announced this last week. So MTG, fill us in who they are. We've got Clyde Drexler, Rick Mahorn, Rick Barry. Um, it's just some some classic names in there. I love it. I love that it's Rick Barry and. I- can, can and I, none of his sons. Like I'm really like, and no one wants to see any Barry's son as a coach in that league or involved in the NBA in any way whatsoever. Yes, but fair, fair enough. But I, I believe that you said Clyde Drexler wrong again. I did not. You scolded me. You scolded me earlier in the same episode. Yeah, and the same episode. And then it clearly is on record. Then I went ahead to mispronounce it right <laughs> immediately after. But right there was absolutely fine. We will run this tape back, <laughs> and you can owe me money if, you so, if, if you so choose. <laughs> well, they're trying to run the jewels here, but like the trailer got released from Ice Cube. Yep. And it just featured Ice Cube for like 80% of it and had Iverson in the background just smiling and nodding. <laughs> There's no ball being played because they obviously can't play ball right now. Not nah. save them for the game. Yeah. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. Just I face. W- yeah, yeah, I just need to see Iverson and Ice Cube and I'm in. I'm paying money for this. If they put it on pay-per-view, I'm paying for this right now. Like that's how much I, like that's all you need. But it's not over. Because there's an there's an announced league that's in com- competition with the Big Three League called the Champions League, and there's 16 teams already forming slash formed. Ooh, these are with semi pros, with people that want to be pros or people that were former pros. Okay, people like Al Harrington, Sean Marion, Ronaldo Balkman, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, Chris yes. Smith, Chris Smith, J.R. Smith's brother. <laughs> Um, you know, and they're trying to recruit Nate Rob and stuff like this. So this is definitely a subpar big three league, but it's hilarious that they're calling themselves the Gotham Ballers. Gotham, what a terrible Man, this is like thing. this is the equivalent of Elon Musk's Hyperloop, oh, yeah. right? You just have all these competing companies trying to build it, <laughs> and nobody knows who's who's got the real one, and like you know, all things like that. Like who's got the best non NBA league? Like I just there's chaos going on right now. <laughs> All right, so one of the other announcements this last week, Drake was announced as as the host for the inaugural NBA Awards. So I believe that this Beautiful. will be this will be in June. So mm-hmm. right after, I assume it'll be right after the playoffs. Yes. Um, this should be this should be a good time. I'm I'm interested to see kind of what awards they're going to uh, they're going to award. So obviously we'll have some speculation on the show, kind of leading up to that effort. Mm-hmm. Other other thoughts and lighter news, you guys. Not uh, not a lot. I mean, Drake did an excellent job hosting the ESPYs uh, a couple years back, and so uh, I think he's perfect uh, ambassador to uh, hold it down. Sure. All right, so we're going to move down to our RTP game of the week. I am picking Atlanta versus Houston on the second as our game of the week. So we'll uh, we'll review that game and have kind of our thoughts and the recap of that game next week. Other games of note, uh, Memphis takes on Utah on tonight. Boston takes on Milwaukee tonight. San Antonio versus OKC on the 31st. The Knicks, Knicks battle Brooklyn, which I just think is a fun game, even though it's, it's a really, really crappy game this year. Um, Golden State is going to take on Charlotte, and we will get to see uh, Curry just walk all over Kemba Walker. Worst games are our public service announcement. Brooklyn facing Miami. Oof, dear God. Indiana is taking on Orlando oh. on the first. That is not a good game. Phoenix versus Sacramento is leaving something to be desired. In our obscure, in my obscure find for this last week, I'm going with Builder versus Ke- Chemist in the Ukrainian Super League. So, 
you got to dig deep, but once you find it, you find some talent. Woo. So okay. follow follow us on Twitter at Ryden underscore the pine and at at Gidota, at How3, at Vexed Intellects. If you're in Seattle, please join us every Thursday night for our NBA Thursday meetup. All right, Gee, wrap up. Wrap up the show this, this week. Who's your quote from? Uh, it's actually a two-parter from Chandler Parsons and C.J. McCollum. Uh, C.J. McCollum responds to Chandler Parsons when he says, good luck in the lottery show next year. C.J. McCollum responds with, we hit the lottery by not signing you. Oh, wonderful. Until next week, episode 23, watch some ball. We'll see you next week. <laughs> this has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.